Welcome to Taproom Sports, a podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about the two greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan, stacks on stacks on stacks. Lats, here with my partner, my friend, the beer expert, my co-host, Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson. What's going on, Ben? How are you doing tonight? Man, I am uh, I'm loving life. I'm excited to uh, to finally get this podcast going. We've been doing, you know, a lot of a lot of back work for a little while and you know, it's it's good to be finally putting this one out. How are you? Man, I'm good. I'm in the same boat. Uh, you know, just enduring this heat out in Las Vegas. True. So luckily I got some nice cold beer to drink tonight. Just watch exactly. some great basketball. And a tough A's loss, so it is what it is, but, yeah. you know, that's hey, baseball. But we're doing our, our podcast, and, you know, like you said, you're drinking beer, and a big part of our podcast is about beer. Uh, what goes better with sports than beer, and what goes better with beer than sports? So, you know, win-win right there. Um, but right. A, a big part of our podcast is going to be talking mm-hmm. about our local beers. We're going to be rating uh, local beers to our areas. Jordan's in Vegas. I'm here in San Jose, uh, kind of Bay Area area. And, uh, you know, we we love our beer. Um, I'm a, a home brewer. Um, Jordan will be a home brewer shortly. I'm going to make him do it. Um, you know, and, and we love going to our local breweries. We love supporting our breweries. And, you know, we, we look forward to having some collaborations with those brewers, seeing what they, they think about sports and, you know, maybe doing a podcast here or there at a, a brewery, whether it's in Vegas or here in San Jose. So, you know, the sky's the limit with this. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm drinking a, a special beer tonight because it's our first podcast. So I'm I'm uh, paying my homage to Santa Clara Valley Brewing Company. Um, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. It's 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 tough to say that. Um, unfortunately, didn't make it through COVID here. Um, but it was a, a great brewing company. I I love their beers. Their their uh, tap room was wonderful as well. Um, so I'm gonna drink a Fountain Alley Extra Pale Ale. Um, this is the one I haven't tried yet, so I'm I'm excited to try it. It's a 6.5%, and, uh, you know, I'm a big pale fan, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. What are you drinking tonight? I am sipping on a Big Dogs Brewing Company out of big Las dog? Vegas, Nevada. It is the Peace, Love, and Hoppiness Pale Ale. <clears throat> it's a 6.6% ABV. Uh, it's more on the lighter side of an IPA, but, uh, yeah, man, the can was cool. It had, like, tie-dye and shit, so I was like, yo, I got to try that one. Hey man, going for a pale ale, which is it let's let's be honest, it's totally different than an IPA from what you just said. So don't don't think of those IPAs when you're drinking it. Uh, right. but it is it's much lighter. And the let's let's also go on the record and say we both did not choose a pale ale on you know, on on you know, for a reason. Uh we yeah. we actually just randomly both chose pales yeah. tonight. So, you know, great great first beers. Um and it's yes, destiny. we're exactly. We're going to be uh, <laughs> talking about this a little bit later. We're going to give our rankings. We're going to give a little uh, taste perspective to it, and and let you know how this beer is. It's still both of ours are still on the market, so we can still get them. So here we go. Yeah. Let's do. It. Definitely. So cheers to this one. Yep. Um, and most importantly, cheers to sports, man. And we've gotten sports oh. back in a big way this last month. So excited they're back. Yeah, and you know MLS completed their tournament with the bubble. They had a hiccup in the beginning, but overcame it. Yep. Obviously, Major League Baseball got started at the end of the month, and they had a couple hiccups here and there, but dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> but they're getting through it now, and they've they're like starting to build, uh, you know, kind of protocol for what happens and stuff, which they didn't really have in the beginning. I think that was the biggest mess, but. And we got the NBA and NHL, and now we're heading into uh, the playoffs for both those leagues, and it's more of what you know what we've seen before, just with no fans, which yeah. is uh, it's it's pretty surreal, but you know they both pulled it off, man, and it's they both have been pretty exciting so far. You know the NBA just tipped off tonight for the playoffs. You know, right away we had a huge performance out of Donovan Mitchell, fifty-seven points uh, in a loss. In a loss too, which is so unfortunate. <clears throat> it is, but <clears throat> incredible performance. It was the second highest uh, playoff game 
or third highest, I'm sorry, behind Elgin Baylor and Michael Jordan, 63 yep. points at the Boston Garden. Just an incredible performance. And, um, you know, followed up by the Raptors, kind of laid the lumber on the Brooklyn Nets, which we all kind of expected. It was expected, yep. And then the two games at night, um, you know, the Celtics game and Sixers game was really close, pretty much down to the wire. Um, the Celtics ended up covering the six-and-a-half-point spread, but it really came down to, like, the final uh, minute, and it minute. Kind of all yeah. fell apart for the Sixers. But they were right there all game. And then the Mavericks, too. Mavericks started off down 16 points, overcame it. At one point, they were up 12 points. Um, the game kind of got sloppy there at the end. You know, the the Clippers, a very stout defensive team, they kind of started locking up. Yeah. But, you know, Luka started off so poorly, he had five turnovers to start the game, and, you know, he finished with a great game. And but, yeah, 42 points is outstanding for a, a slow start like that. And he's only 21 years old, and yep. I figured, like, I like the Clippers to win the series by in four or five games because I felt like, you know, he's young. It's his first playoffs. I know there's no fans and all that, but still it's like, you know, these players kick it up into a different gear, and we yep. saw that tonight too. You know, I talked to you about it before. I was like, man, I feel like a lot of these good teams are kind of just coasting. And that Clippers game kind of proved it to me because the Clippers hadn't really been, you know, locking down on defense like they normally do. And then tonight it was like clamps in that second half. Absolutely. I mean, they only they only allowed 13 points when, in the third quarter. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's outstanding. You know, especially when, I mean, they, they scored, uh, Mavericks scored 38 in the first quarter and, and 31 in the second. Like yep. to only allow thirteen is is huge. I mean, granted they only scored twenty one points, so it wasn't a high scoring quarter. But uh, I mean, if you can hold somebody to that low of a, a quarter, you're going to take that W. And you know, here we here we see it. They took that W. So imagine if you bet the over in that game at halftime, you were like, "Oh, this is easy yes. money." And yep. in that third quarter, you oh man, you're oh, shitting bricks. It's rough. It was the only game that didn't uh, hit the over today. The over did the, was two one and one. Did the Celtics and Sixers hit the over? They, they only scored nineteen. Okay, no, they only had two ten one oh nine one oh one. Oh yeah, so okay, so the the over under was two and two then. My okay, bad. there we go. But uh, but man, what a game that was too. I mean, mm. you had the shooters against you know the seventy sixers who you know were missing a big piece and. You know, it was still a close game. It still came down to the wire. Um, you know, after after this this game, I don't I don't know if the Celtics are gonna take the series, um, but we'll see. I mean, Jason Hayward went out with a, an injury. Who knows if he's gonna be playing the rest of the series? So it's it's gonna be interesting there. That's gonna yeah. be a great great series. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I thought one of the best value picks as far as series was the Sixers plus 335. And I, I put the money down. It's going to be even more now. And I'm even, I might throw a couple extra dollars down on the other, even higher uh, odds because I, I truly think this was a game that could have gone either way because in the yep. final minute, it was tied. And then there was a, a personal foul called and a technical foul and that kind of just changed the whole momentum of the game after that the Sixers only scored like two points yeah and the whole game just kind of altered so I think that I I think what Philly had what they combat the Celtics with like Joel Embiid he is like the x factor in that series and they really have to double team him so it's you know his guys got to hit those open shots when they get them yeah and the other two games tonight, we had uh, Jazz and Nuggets going into overtime. We had the Raptors destroy the Nets. I mean, do, do you think the Nets are going to sweep? Or, excuse me, the Raptors are going to sweep? Yeah, I had the Raptors in four because, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're just they're way too over overmanned for the Celtics, man. I mean, for the Nets, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool story. The Nets are here, but, I mean, when it comes down to a playoff game, and we saw today, I mean, the Raptors, like, you know, the Nets would get within 10, and then the Raptors would just, like, go on, like, a 7-9-0 run and yep. just push the lead back to 17 to 20 points. Uh, I, I think that series, the Nets are just way too overwhelmed. I think maybe if there was a home court home court here and there, maybe they could steal a game, but, man, I, I that's just quick work. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's great news for us betters because, yeah, we're only going to be making a little bit of money off of that because there's a, a such a high negative value there, but... 
hey, it's making money. You win a couple of dollars here and there, it, it, it's going to add up. So, you know, put that money on the, the Raptors. They're, you know, they're going to take it easy. So, do you do you think there's going to be any upsets? What what team do you think can upset the higher seeding? Uh, within the series or for a couple of games? For the series. For the series, um, you know, the only one that I I really see an upset happening in is the the Heat Pacers or the Thunder Rockets. Um, you know, and they're they're just such. You know, they have their ups and downs. Um, you know, OKC can, you know, really push the edge with uh, Westbrook out, depending on how long Westbrook's out. And, you know, the Heat and Pacers, if the Heat don't show up, those, I mean, Indianapolis can easily take that. So those are those are some of the big ones uh, I'm seeing. I think the Bucks take it. I think the Lakers take it. I, I, that's going to be a fun series, though, with Dame. Um, Could you know. Be. Could Clippers. be over very quickly as well. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I, I see Clippers taking it. I see Raptors taking it. Yeah. Celtics-Sickers is going to be an interesting matchup as well. But, uh, you know, I I think the Celtics are going to take it, to be honest. Um, it's it's a tough call on that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it, it plays out. I definitely like the Thunder over... The Rockets, especially with Westbrook's health in question, but even regardless, I I think that's a team that kind of matches up very well with what the Rockets do. You know, yeah. with Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, and uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander. I just think that that kind of style where the Rockets play very small, like the Thunder can combat that because they have really yeah. good guard play. Plus, you have the you add in the factor that you know CP3 is going against Houston, and they kind of left with bad blood yep you know and the thunder were, were two and one against houston in the regular season and they were three and oh against the spread which you know i'll talk about a little bit more later but i mean right there it kind of shows like that they can already beat that team and and the rockets were fully healthy in those games too so yep. yeah I, I definitely love the thunder over the rockets i think that's for sure but love it but i mean you know we're about a month basically a month into baseball right now and we kind of talked about it earlier they kind of had a couple hiccups with the covid obviously the marlins had a massive outbreak major league baseball didn't re- really have any protocols in place which was kind of a fucking mess like you had all these months to prepare yep. like what's going on we've seen a couple outbreaks so uh you know the cardinals had a pretty big outbreak um but really since then it's been kind of uh you know, pretty even keel seems to be working. Um, but I mean, let's talk about the baseball, man. Like, you know, what's been some surprises for you? Yeah. I mean, I mean the big surprise for me and you know, for, for all of your, you know, our listeners out there, I, I'm a big giants fan here in the Bay area. Um, taken two out of the series with the Dodgers, you know, opening, opening series was huge. I'm going to take that as a win for this, this season. I'm not going to get was, too many wins for the season. So. And that was the highlight of the season so yeah, far. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it anytime I can beat the Dodgers there. Um, you know, the, the big surprise this year has been the pitching for me. Um, we've got some great ERAs out there. We've got some huge strikeout numbers. Um, you know, we've got 11 players under a two ERA, uh, which is outstanding for 15 games into the season with a short prep time um lance some lynn of, at the same time like some of those it's only three starts for some of them you know what i mean i, I mean three wins you, all of these here except for maybe adam wainwright who you know is in on st louis who hasn't had those pitches are under four games so you know mm-hmm. they're they're pitching four or five games here and you know lance lynn at 1.11 shane bieber at 54 strikeouts that's yeah, insane. Absolutely insane. Um, you know, you could go to our second on the list in strikeouts, which is uh, Lamette out of uh, San Diego with 36. Like, uh, who's tied with Lance Lynn at 36 there, too? Uh, it's There's been some great pitching. You know, at the same time, there's been some 
garbage pitching. There's been some starters who have absolutely disappointed this year, and there's yeah. been a lot of starters who have gotten hurt, which I think is yeah. super unfortunate. And, uh, you know, it's all because of that shortened time period that, you know, that two weeks that they had to prep before the, the shortened season. So, yeah, uh, yeah. What what's uh, what's that hot spot? What's that surprise for you? Oh, man, I'm, I think the biggest surprise for me, I mean, a week ago, I definitely would have said the Orioles and Marlins. Um, I still think the Orioles are definitely a little bit of a surprise, but they're kind of coming back down to earth, um, whereas the Marlins just hadn't played that many games, so it really, like, heightened their record. They they fell down to earth pretty quickly, but the Orioles, they lost tonight. They're 12-10 and 10 now, and, you know, they're still in contention for, obviously, for the expanded playoffs, too, but... I think that's probably been the biggest surprise for me. I, was, I saw the A's winning uh, the division, but I didn't see them being this good right away, cause especially because they're a slow-starting team. So that's kind yeah. of surprised me as well, Absolutely. especially as an A's fan. The A's have been outstanding. It's uh, the, the runs that they've been putting up off of home runs has been so awesome to watch. Um, you know, a, a nine-game win streak, which equates to but like 20 24 Almost 25 games yeah. like that's that's outstanding even in a shortened season you know nine out of out of 60 is wonderful you know yeah. but uh, they're doing great they've had their off nights which is unfortunate but you know uh, just baseball. coming off yeah exactly and you know watching the way they handled the Di- the giants this last series was i mean it really shows their their potential there you know, coming back from from a four run loss or a, a four run deficit, five from, run. a five run, and then what a four run the next day, run, and then yeah. coming back and winning the third and final game, eleven to three, like thirteen to three. Oh God, it's even worse than uh, my poor Giants. Oh. Uh, but it, that that just shows how good the A's are, and you know, even in those those difficult times where they're down, they're coming back. They're they're playing good baseball and. For a, a team that starts slow, I like it. I, they've definitely jumped up the ranks in my book. And the with- biggest, the biggest issue I have with them is like I've seen them do this in the regular season where they don't hit very well, like but they get on base, they get walks, and they hit home runs, and that's yep. how they win games. But come playoff time, like you have to have those timely hits, and they never have that, and that's why they always lose in the playoffs, dude, because walking and that style of baseball doesn't work in the playoffs because pitchers don't walk batters you know what i'm saying like yeah they're extra heightened like you don't walk batters in the playoffs so i, lo- I love it for what i'm seeing but it worries me that the a's are st- like they're batting like two they're batting around 220 as a team which is like terrible dude yeah and i don't necessarily i don't know if that can hold up long term in the playoffs dude yeah well, hopefully their bats do wake up like they normally do throughout the year. Um, yeah. And to have this this record so far within the season and to be a team that starts late, I think they have a great chance. You know, I, I'd put them, you know, uh, right now I'd say they're tied with the Yankees for me as the AL team who's going to gonna be winning it. Uh, Yankees yeah. took a huge hit this week with DJ LeMahieu jumping out. Uh, or being weeks. yeah put on the deal and you know he was batting almost 400 and uh, that's going to be a huge huge hit for the Yankees they're already out without Stanton um, it's that's going to hurt and you know yeah DJ Lemayu batting four four eleven even more than you know what I was thinking um, and numbers. Yeah, that brings up a great point though. It's if hurt. someone, if someone were to finish the season batting four hundred and sixty games, yep. would you consider that a record like up there with Ted Williams, or would you put an asterisk on it? I'm unfortunately an asterisk man. Uh, we're only playing sixty games. If you but can, mean, but if if you can if you can keep something up for hundred and sixty two games, a hundred and fifty six. A hundred and thirty-two, like they used to play, like way back in the day. That's that's so much more than that sixty game, and to keep that for you know double, triple that that length, that's just so much more. Even sixty games is pretty crazy. 
Well, it, and it's such a high that, stress situation. It's yeah, such a high stress situation because they only have those sixty games, like you're saying, to get yeah. that high batting average. So, I mean, yes, I put an asterisk on it, but do I hold it much lower than you know somebody who's playing a whole season? No, probably not. All right, here's a good. Here's another good one. Okay. Do you think a player will bat four hundred this season? They will finish the year four hundred or better. Um. I mean, it depends how long LeMahieu is out. Um, I think he can do it. Charlie Blackman's up there. Um, he's Wait, batting he's four. still qualify? LeMahieu? Depends how many at-bats he has. Depends how long he's out. Um, a surprise, Donovan Solano out of uh, San Francisco. I, I don't think he's going to keep it up that, that high. He's at 400 right now. Um, but you could see Bryce Harper, who's at 364 right now, jump up. Um you could see Nelson Cruz jump up from Minnesota. So uh, Harper's also nope. played less games too. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna say no, no. I don't think somebody's gonna be at 400, but I think they're gonna be close. I think you'll get somebody in that 386 to you know 392 area. Damn. But what? A, but what still you, high. If I put the odds at. One player to hit over 400 at, like, plus 500, would you take it? Under. No, I wouldn't. Damn. No. I, it's, that's so hard. I mean, you're looking at 15 games into the season, and you have 87 to, I mean, 75 to 87 at-bats. That's, oh, excuse me, 20, we're up at 20 games now. So we're, we're a third of the way through. Um, Only three guys over 400 right now. Yeah, I don't, and, you know, Solano's at 400. No, I, I don't put it there. What are you betting on it? I'm, I'm putting up under. Man, I, I think Charlie Blackman might be able to do it, but he was batting, like, 500, like, five days ago, and now he's yeah. already at 437, so he's kind of cooled off, but I'd probably lean towards no. I mean, there's only three guys at 400 right now, and there's only, like, realistically maybe – Maybe uh, Bryce Harper can maybe catch him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, okay. Nah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna counter on you. Uh, Tatis has 11 home runs right now. Trout yeah, with 10. Incredible. We're we're about a third of the way through the season. Is anybody hitting 30 home runs? Uh, I mean, dude, I feel like Trout every time he gets up to bat, he hits a home run. So. <laughs> I feel like that he can definitely, definitely do that. And, I mean, look, kind of year that Tatis is having a similar dude. And same with Matt Olson. I mean, Matt Olson's only batting, like, 167, but pretty much all his hits are home runs. So, yep. you know, he might only have 33 hits this year, and they might all be home runs. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely think that there's going to be someone that's going to hit the 30 home run mark. I am 100% with you. Uh, we're in the start of the season it was slow coming out the gates. I think we're gonna we're gonna start seeing some, you know, players, especially with the the format that we're in in this sixty games where you're playing your division and the opposing ALNL division. You're gonna see a lot of those pitchers, uh, you know, a good amount of times that you wouldn't normally see them. So I think we're gonna have some jacks. I think we're gonna we're gonna really hit that out and, uh, yeah, I'm I'm going with multiple players over thirty. Multiple. Yep. I think uh, Tatis is going to hit it. I think Trout's going to hit it. I think Betts is going to hit it. I think Judge is going to hit it. Four. I mean, so. the, I, let's let's also not hate. They're they're the top four right now. Um, but you know, Aaron Judge has only played seventeen games. He'll probably get. You know, that's probably a third of his season right there. Um, I, I think he's going to get a little bit hotter. Um, Mookie, I think, is going to continue his hot streak. He's playing, he's playing you know, ball right now. great baseball. Um, Trout, like you said, just hits him out, and Tadis is having a phenomenal year. Um, it's unfortunate because they're playing my Giants a lot, but it's it's fun baseball. I, I like to see them hit jacks out. And it's even weird if seeing it's the Padres good. Yep. Yeah, it really is. It really is. They're but usually man, like the team everyone beats up on. Their new unis are on point. 
mm-hmm. on point. It could the very dog well shit be. Brown? Yeah, I mean, uh, I like it. I do. I love it. I love it. It's it's, it's unique, dude. It's yeah. like no one else, man. Yeah, it, it could be my favorite uni of the the season for sure. So, I agree. Yeah, I like those uniforms way better than the, their blue ones. Yeah, absolutely. although I did. I did like the old 90s uniforms, the blue, orange, and white. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. those ones. Hey, so before we before we stop baseball, I want to talk to you about uh, the Joe Kelly and uh, Loriano suspensions. What are your thoughts oh, on yeah. that? Man, dog shit. <clears throat> Absolute, just terrible. I mean, yeah. the Astros got caught cheating. Like, they cheated through a whole, like, whole few years, and they won a World Series because of yeah. it. They went to and the World Series multiple times because twice. of it. Yep. Yeah. And then here here Altuve is this year, and he's like one of the worst hitters in the league right now. And yep. this is, you know, after he got caught. So it almost makes you wonder, like, okay, so maybe that all that was true about the buzzer and stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean. And they, it, they, don't, they don't even punish any of the players. And then they punish Joe Kelly, who throws at uh, an Astros batter. But let's before you even go there, let's talk about Joe Kelly. He was pitching like garbage that night. He was mm-hmm. all over the place. He was up high, he was close to the head, he was you know, close to the feet, he was you know, all over the place and one goes behind, he gets ejected, and here we go. To me it doesn't even matter how he was pitching because baseball is a game that's always policed itself for yep. Over a hundred years, like this is the way baseball is, and it's what we've always been taught, you know. And yeah. it's like now, you know, baseball, major league baseball, didn't want to police their games, so now the players are going to police it. And it, I don't know, it's just like we want to restore those traditions and all this stuff, and and then here, major league baseball is, and the second someone throws at him, he they he gets suspended for eight games, which is like equivalent yeah. to like what. 32 games in a regular season or uh, 22? 22 22 which let's let's be real here 22 is equal to domestic violence and PED use so like this is such a a high uh, suspension here that it does not make any sense and and same with the Loriano you know Loriano got 6 games and you know if you're looking at that that's almost 16 games that he's missing out within a regular season. It does and not make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And it's a bad precedent. Like, okay, you don't want to um, suspend the people that, you know, actually cheated the game. But here yeah. you want to suspend the people that want to police the game from yeah. being ch- cheated. It's just, it's a terrible precedent by Major League Baseball. And I don't know, like, I've, I feel like Rob Manfred, like, kind of hasn't really been a good commissioner. No, and not this at kinda all. Just, this kind of just adds to, like, that shittiness you know what i'm saying yep. like he's already had a bad tenure and it's oh, just getting and worse especially with the way that he he talked about you know the marlins and you know uh you know if i was a, a player then and he responded with we are playing the play and this is quoted the players need to be better but I'm not a quitter in general. There's no reason to quit now. We've had uh, we've had to be fluid, but it is manageable. And this was said right when Miami and St. Louis were going through their sounds, their hard that sounds, times. That sounds like, like a guy that works for billionaires. It, absolutely. <laughs> and and I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if you're a quitter or not. You're talking about people's lives. You're talking about their their health. You're talking about the families that they deal with health. You cannot, it's not about you, bro. Like, let's be real here. It's about the players. And he, he fucked up there. And, uh, you know, his, his response over the whole season has just been. My biggest thing with the whole Marlin situation is that there was literally no protocols by Major League Baseball in place for when players tested positive. Like, they literally text each other and was like, should we play? You know? Do you want to play? Yeah. The fact that. That there was, like, no protocols laid out for, like, what's going to happen. I mean, that, to me, was, like, it was a joke. Yeah, and he drew a flag. And, and it is. It absolutely is. And that's like you're where t- you're they should me, have gone to the bubble. You're but, telling me they never planned for any positive tests like that? Like, that just, logically, it just doesn't make any sense. They, they planned for, like, 
maybe a player or two getting a positive test, not a team. They never expected a team to get it. And let's be real, the way COVID is, I, how can you not expect that? It's yeah, it's it's a joke. And to be a, a multi what billion dollar company, the MLB, like you have to know that that's going to happen. So let's yeah. be real, guys. Let's be real. But all right, well let's move on. We we spent enough time on baseball. Yeah. Um, we got football coming up right on the horizon, obviously, and you know we wanted to kind of preview every division by. Um, you know, we're by conference, so we're gonna start with the AFC East and the NFC East this week. Yep. Um, but you know, I'm really excited for football. Uh, I kind of have my doubts. I think I definitely think NFL will start. Will it finish? I I don't know because obviously I've seen like what's happened with baseball, and then football. You're like in much more closer proximity. A lot however, more players. Yeah. However, you know now Yale just release this COVID test that you get results in minutes yep. and the NBA was kind of a big uh, they've been using it they were the initial like basically they put they've funded a lot of the research and stuff to make it yep. they've been using it um, so I mean this is a game changer dude because you can literally test pl- test guys and in three five minutes they have the results so if you test positive they can just sit you out I think I think this is kind of uh could be a game changer for NFL to the fact where they can actually do this. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I really do want to see football happening, and I think this may be one of the only ways that it does happen. Uh, yeah. And but let's be real, I don't care if there's anybody in the stands on this. I want to see football happening. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs came out today. They said they're going to have their stadium 22% capacity. I, I hope it works, you know, and we don't have huge COVID cases out of it. I, I really do hope it works. Um, I'm not going to be out there. I don't know about you in Vegas, you know, seeing the new Raiders stadium, but, you know, no, I, mean, I'm, I would love to see it. Yeah, maybe next year, but, maybe. you know, I'm, I'm going to keep my uh, COVID-free lifestyle and, uh, you know, see how things turn out and, I mean, I'm I'm happy watching on my couch and my big ass TV. So, here we go. I I think football is definitely going to be the weirdest sport without fans, though. Dude. Yes. Like, yeah. It is going to be a trip. Well, it changes everything. You don't have that home field advantage. Like, I mean, you don't have it in basketball and hockey too. Is weird for me. Like yeah. basketball, I get it. Like they they've done a good job, like kind of supplementing the fans, like yeah. you know the virtual fans. So at least from your at-home standpoint, it, like, feels like a real game. Yeah. But, like, hockey is and baseball, uh, you know, it's just, like, it just looks empty. Yeah. And hockey especially because, you know, especially playoff hockey, man. You as a hockey There's aficionado. a buzz in that stadium, yep, when it's you playoff know? hockey that it's like no other. Yep. And now it's, like, gone. It's, and it's crickets, just, yeah. Yeah, it's just different, dude. But so I think that's gonna I, that's gonna be my biggest thing I want to see on the NFL. But you know, obviously, sixty six players have already opted out. Yep. You know, the New England Patriots were kind of the biggest team that got hit. Who seven so, I mean, out? Yeah. Let's let's just start there with the AFC East. Um, you know, how do you see this division playing out this year? I mean, it's it's gonna be one of the you know easier divisions in in my opinion to rank. Um, you have a, a Jets team that, with their subtractions this year and, and really not adding any good players, you've got Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. I'm sorry, they're over the hill. Um, but they're not going to be in the mix. Um, you know, you look at the Dolphins, I think they're going to be a great team in a year, two years. I don't think they're going to be in the mix this year. And, you know, the way that the Patriots, you know, you're losing seven players, Tom Brady. Uh, Dante Hightower, uh, Patrick Chung, like that's going to be a huge hit that they're going to take, and I I don't see them even making you know a, a playoff push, even a, a wild card push there. So it, it's really unfortunate for Cam because yeah. he had a, a great opportunity, and 
you know, I, I think he's going to miss a lot of a lot of opportunities there because he's got so many players out. I agree, man. Like a few weeks ago, especially when they signed Cam, I thought that was like a sneaky good pick to win the AFC East. Um, and they kind of jumped up there for a minute. They jumped up as the favorites um, in the division. Yeah. But I think I think ultimately the Bills are going to be a little too much. You know, Josh Allen, um, if he can just improve a little bit as a quarterback, I think it's just a runaway with the division. Sean McDermott, great defensive coach. They've been one of the best defensive teams for the last three years. Yeah. They're going to get even better, even though they lost Shaq Lawson. Um, I, I think they're going to be a much more improved defense. Um, however, I do think the Dolphins are a sneaky uh I think they're a sneaky good um team for the wild card man. Oh, absolutely. I really love what they did with their draft picks. They got two attack of Viola, who I think ah. is the best quarterback in the draft. Had he not gotten hurt um, you know, in college against Mississippi State, I definitely think he would have been the first overall pick. Yep. Austin Jackson is a great left tackle. Um as a USC fan, you know, I've seen this guy play his whole college career. He's athletic, he's big, he's strong. He's like everything you want in a left tackle. Um, and they only have more picks. So I, I definitely agree with you. Like in the next couple of years, they're definitely going to be a team to watch. But I think that they might, with how crazy the year is going to be and no fans and stuff, yeah. I definitely think that that could be a team, especially with Brian Flores and how that team really reacted to him last year and how they played for him. I think that may be a team that could maybe sneak a wild card. I wouldn't put my house or mortgage on it or anything like that, but oh, yeah. that is a team that can, that maybe you can sneak in there, win nine games. Well, and they added like great pieces in free agency too. Uh, you know, Eric Flowers, Jordan Howard, um, Shaq Lawson, like they're going to be good additions. Yeah, they might not be that superstar, but they're going to help what they had and they're going to push them to that higher level. So I definitely mm-hmm. see them being better than last year. Um, oh well, I mean, you know, if if they're not better than last year, that's that's all bad. Yeah, I I think they're gonna put a run for the money with the Patriots on that uh, with that wild card spot. Um, you know, I I think I agree with you. They're gonna they're gonna overcome the Patriots on that, um, unless Cam has a insane year. But I mean, you can't you can never count out Bill Belichick either. He's you know he's yeah. one of the greatest coaches. But I mean, you lose Tom Brady, who's been your quarterback for 20 years that's right? tough yeah that's and then tough. you have all those other losses on the defense which was you know one of the top three defenses the last couple of years and yep now you're changing so much on the fly in such little time in unprecedented times yep i just i i i don't know and maybe you know who knows maybe they want to lose out so they can draft you know trevor lawrence or uh fields next year yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah. It's. I mean, it's. It's gonna be fun. I. I think this is one of the uh, lower quality divisions, um, or at least the, you know the. You know the Bills are not gonna have a tough time against the other the other teams in here. So, uh, I, I think it's gonna be a little bit easier for them than you know say maybe the the West or, you know the South there. So. Yeah. What about the NFC East, though? What do you? How do you feel about the NFC East? Uh, that's. I mean, that's a tough one. Uh, you've got a, a Cowboys team who will add a lot of veterans within free agency. Um, you know, they they drafted well. Um, you've got the Redskins who have so much going on outside of the field that it's. I think they're going to struggle. Um, you know, huge addition with the Eagles, uh, with Darius Slay, and mm-hmm. then you have uh, our our garbage team in the Giants. So, um, uh, to be honest, I don't think the Giants are going to win more than four games this year. Uh, I think it's going to be an Eagles-Cowboys matchup that, uh, you know, if especially if Olden Smith plays, I think the Cowboys are going to take you know, that division. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I, um, I, I think it's going to be a little closer. I think, uh, especially with Gerald McCoy getting out for the year this year. Yeah, that's a huge, that's loss. huge. Um, but they did sign Everson Griffin, obviously Alden Smith. So, 
I I definitely still think that talent, like on paper, the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC East. Like they should yeah. win the NFC East. However, adding Mike McCarthy, a new coach, um, you know, they kind of had that contract situation with Dak. You know, maybe that affects him a little bit. I don't know. But on paper, they should easily win this division. However, the Eagles, you know, Carson Wentz didn't really have much consistency from the wide receiver position last year. This year, they kind of solidified that position. The Eagles were one of the worst pass defenses last year. You know, they went out and got Darius Slay. So, I definitely think they addressed all their needs in the offseason. Um, and I definitely think that they can definitely fight for that uh, that division. It's up in the air between them and the Cowboys. I yeah. did like the Redskins as like a sleeper pick. However, with all the shit that's going on with... Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say the Redskins. The Washington football team. Yeah, I did like them, but then all the shit started going on all the bad press obviously the derogatory name which it is should have been changed a long time ago 100 percent. yep and then also with uh you know the the sexual misconduct scandal with dan snyder that came out from the washington post i I just think there's so much like going on in that organization like can can ron rivera or and and his coaching staff get the team to focus on the games because they have a good formula, dude. They got Ron Rivera, great defensive-minded coach. They went in, went out and drafted probably the best player in the draft in Chase Young, who's even more uh, talented and electric than uh, Nick Bosa, who was one of the best players, rookies last year. Yep. And they already had a good defensive line. So I think that they have a recipe where like they could like walk into eight wins because they can just hold their opponents maybe to you know, 20 or less points. Yeah, I mean, they picked up Peyton Barber, too, who's going to be a great second running back, I believe, for them. Um, you know, Kendra Fuller, who's going to be their top cornerback. Like, it's it's just additions there. So, yeah, yeah. and they... But, I mean, then they lost Darius Geis, too, to that true. Uh, domestic violence. So, yeah. I just... I, I think I look at them, and I see them as, like, a five-win team at best right now. Yeah. Yeah, and then I agree with you with the Giants. I think the Giants are a three to four win team. <laughs> They're going to be garbage. Hey, but hey, so let's talk. You know, former Dallas Star or Dallas Star, excuse me, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. I'm getting hockey there. But hey, we heard today Des Bryant's trying out for the Ravens. Uh, thoughts on that? Good for him. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. Give take any opportunity you can. Um, yeah, I just don't know what he can give you at this point, you know, coming yeah. off an Achilles injury. And I mean, good luck. I I hope I hope for him that he is able to come back and, and play because, I mean, he was a great player. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, but before we do, I just want to recap. So we both have the Bills winning the AFC East. Yep. And we both have the Cowboys winning the NFC East. Yep. And then I got the Dolphins as a sleeper wild card pick. Yeah, that's... Uh, I'm going to go... I'm not, not going to pick them for my wild card. I'm just going to say yeah. they're a sleeper wild card team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll take that. Um, I, I think the Eagles have a shot on the wild card in the, uh, um, in the NFC. And... You know, to be honest, I'd give Washington a better chance than uh, than the Dolphins for the wild card this year. I think the Dolphins are going to be wonderful in a couple Damn, years. Hot but, take alert! Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll definitely see. We'll come back to this as as the season goes on. That's for sure. All right. Well, let's move on to my favorite segment of the show. Pour let's me another. It's going to be four, five topics a week, rapid fire. Uh, we're going to go back and forth on the hottest topics of the week. So, yep. obviously, the hottest topic going on right now is, um, you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 both came out and they canceled their seasons last week. The ACC, SEC, and Big 12 plan on playing their seasons. Do you think we see college football in the fall? Yes or no? Oh, I mean, this is a tough one, but I am going to say no. Um, you know, being 
you know, being in the middle of a pandemic, I don't think we're going to actually see that that high level of sports being played. Um, you know, especially with college level, you're seeing players who are going to be going back to campuses and whether they're going to be bringing uh, a COVID case back to the campus or somebody on campus being bringing the COVID case to a player, I think we're going to see a lot of issues with, you know, with this pandemic playing its role. Um, I think we wait till spring. It will happen. Um, but unfortunately, I do not see that this happen in the fall. Um, it's a huge hit to universities. Um, you know, I, I can tell you myself, I, I am there uh, in one of the biggest universities on the West Coast, and it, it's a huge hurt. But unfortunately, I think it's happening in spring. What are, what are your thoughts on that? All right. I think that it is going to happen. I think especially with the Yale uh, test that just came out, that, and I think it's going to roll out pretty quickly because they left it open source so many people can manufacture and sell it and it's pretty relatively cheap. I think that college football actually will happen. I heard today that the Big Ten is going to announce tomorrow that they are going to play football. And I think Pac-12 will shortly uh, thereafter, I think they're going to say they're going to play. I definitely think college football is going to start. Will it finish? I think I have the same questions as the NFL. Um, you know, I just don't know necessarily if it will be able to finish if there's an outbreak on a, on a whole team. Uh, we've seen University of North Carolina, they just came out and they just moved all their classes to virtual after they had a ton of outbreaks on their campus. So I, I, for now I say, yes, we will see football, college football this season. Okay. Okay. Damn, just got into that minute. I like it. All right. Uh, our next topic is going to be the Boston Bruins goalie, Tuka Rask, opting, opting out of the NHL bubble. Um, he's he's opting out, you know, after the series has started. Um, they're in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, do you agree with his decision, and do you think it's going to hurt the team? I do agree with his decision. Um, I don't necessarily think it will hurt the team other than that he's one of the best goalies in NHL so I mean obviously it's gonna hurt them a little bit from that standpoint but you know day he announced he was gonna leave you know the Boston Bruins came out and won the game so I think they feel for him I mean it's a personal decision like you know if he has kids that are at risk or you know he wants to be with his family and this is that kind of time you know, you kind of just have to respect his decision, his personal decision as a man. So I think I think they'll be good. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I completely understand why he's opting out. Um, I I just think it's a horrible time. I don't agree with the time that he he chose to opt out. They're in the middle of the playoff series. Uh, losing a goalie in the middle of the playoff series is a huge downfall um, in the NHL. And They're still winning the series, though. It doesn't matter. It's that long-term effect. Um, Halak is an older goalie. Um, you know, uh, although a lot of the, the Boston uh, fans wanted Halak in goal, uh, I, I do think it's going to be a huge hit, especially with Pasternak out for who knows how long. Um, I think the additional, you know, uh, players out are going to add up. I think this is going to be a seven-game series, and you know, it could eventually go, you know, away from from Boston. So that's going to be a tough one. Uh, there's no way, dude. They just came back in one and scored four goals in one period. It's the NHL playoffs. Anything that's, can happen. It's tough to come back from. All right, well. Uh, another big story this week, uh, Seahawks rookie undrafted cornerback Kima Silverling, um, you know, he tried to sneak a girl into the team's hotel that they were being isolated at and tried to sneak her in as a fan. Uh, you know, what do you think about what he did? Uh, you know, was he was he smart for that? Was Would you have done that? I mean, like, it, it's a pretty funny story, but I mean, let's talk about it. No, I think it's fucking selfish. I, I think he's an idiot. Um, he is a undrafted, like Ricky. Um, he should be doing every single thing to 
make sure that he is there crossing every single damn T, dotting every damn I. And and he tried to pull one on some security. Um, you know, you said he, he dressed her up as a fan, but he tried to dress her up as a player um, in all of the memorabilia. I mean, really, let's look at his Instagram, let's look at his social media. He does not like women who are going to be a football-sized uh, woman. So I, I I think he's, you know, trying to pull a long shot. And again, he, he may have just ruined his whole NFL career over, you know, trying to get a girl in the, the hotel. And you're in a pandemic, bro. It's not going to happen. Yeah, no, nah, he was absolutely foolish for that. You know, he, like you said, he might have ruined his only opportunity that he's ever going to see. I do like that he tried to be creative. Uh, you know, he was unique with it. But, man, like, you have to understand, dude, as a, as a guy, as an undrafted rookie trying to make a football team, like, you have to be that dude that does every little thing correct. And this is just not the way to do it. And yeah. I doubt, honestly, I doubt he ever sees another NFL opportunity. Absolutely, and he had that opportunity because he knew the system in Seattle. He he would have been that player who came in if somebody got hurt. And yeah, yeah bye bye. And why cool. would a team sign him? They're like, yo, you just you tried to bring a girl into your team's isolated yep. hotel. Like, yep. no, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. So our last one that we're gonna do today, uh, Saturday, we saw UFC 252. Uh, a huge match with a bunch of upsets, um, some great knockouts, some submissions there. Um, whew, there were some tough fights there. Um, but one of the biggest one was Chito Vega versus O'Malley. And we saw O'Malley get hurt, and then we saw Chito Vega talk shit afterwards uh, within that fight. So do you think the O'Malley hype is dead? I don't. If he, maybe if he got knocked out, uh, or like embarrassed I definitely think the hype would have been dead but I mean like he hurt his foot and he wasn't gonna like he was fighting on one leg so yep. it's all I mean it's I don't think the hype's dead dude I think the hype is real he's a great fighter he's very marketable I, I definitely think we'll see him back and I think we'll see him back at a high level and I really hope that I really hope for the sport of mixed martial arts that he's back full force because I think he's very good for the sport I think he was really entertaining what about yeah. you how do you feel um I, I really hope that this is not a, a career-ending injury. Um, it looked like one of those injuries that is one of those freak injuries that does end a career. Um, you know, I hope it's not his knee. I hope it doesn't isn't ligaments or, you know, muscle tearing, um, that it's just a broken bone. Um, you know, I, I don't think O'Malley's hype's dead if he isn't too injured. Uh, I think he's going to come back and he's still going to make his presence in the UFC, which was dominant before this. Um, you know, to be honest, I think this really hurt Tito Vega. Um, he came out looking like a douchebag after this because he was talking shit about, you know, beating the hell out of O'Malley when... O'Malley wasn't fighting because he had a broken foot or torn ligaments. So, um, you know, it's it'll be interesting. I think we'll see a rematch here, um, and and I'm excited for it. Yeah, just under that minute. I'm just over that minute, but that's okay. Okay, <laughs> we'll give it to you. Well, let's let's move towards the end here. Um, you know, we've got some. Good uh, NBA, NHL games on the slate. Uh, we're going to give you our best bets of the week. Um, so, Ben, what's your best bet uh, of this week? So, being the big hockey fan um, and, and great hockey times with the playoffs right now, uh, we're going to go for some Game 5 action. Um, you know, I we saw some difficult wins and losses today. We saw some outstanding wins. Um, so, you know, I think we're going to have a – you know, a low win on this one, but I think it's a hundred percent win. Uh, Colorado Avalanche game five. Uh, I think it's going to be close to that. You know, two hundred, two ten, two twenty area uh, minus two hundred and two twenty. Um, so it's not going to be a big win, but I think it's going to be a hundred percent. You know, cash in the cash in the bag. 
Um, so, you know, bet high on that one. You'll, you'll get some money out of it. Uh, and the next one, I think, is going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning taking game five. Uh, they had a, a, you know, great game today against Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, you know, they're the, the heavy favorite in this. I think they're going to come in with a, you know, minus 140, minus 150 area bet. But, again, this is going to be one of those sure wins. Put your money down. You're going to get some return on it. So those are my mm. best bets. Nice, man. My my best bet of the week is uh, game one, Thunder versus the Rockets. I love the Thunder. Minus one and a half. Russell Westbrook sitting out. Yep. Uh, OKC's already 3-0 ATS against the Rockets this season, and they're 2-1 and one straight up. I think this is a no-brainer. Don't think about it. Just lay your money. Uh, easy bet. Minus one and a half at minus 110. Best bet of the week. Lock it up. And I'm I'm going to call you on a second best bet right here because we've been talking about this one uh, multiple times this week. I know you like it, even though they lost today. I want you to take that second best bet. What is that going to be? <laughs> I don't know the odds of it right now. Here, let me check. It, I do like the Sixers. I still think it's a good value pick. Yep. I took them before the series at plus uh, 335. Um I mean, let me see what it's at right now real quick. I mean, to be honest, who knows if that's even going to be up uh, because that game just ended. So Yeah, I don't see it up here yet. Yeah, I, I still think you're 100% right on that pick, especially with the... Uh, um, shit, what's his name who just uh, got hurt tonight? Um, oh, Hayward. Hayward, yeah. Hayward getting hurt with that, that twisted ankle. Uh, I think yeah. he's going to be out, out sometime, so... You know, I, I won't make you have this official on your uh, <laughs> your your best bet numbers, but I, I nah, think you've got to win. This, I still so. like it. I still like it. I still yeah. like it. I would have been much more confident though with the game one victory, but I definitely think they they could still do it. Yeah, I won't count it. Don't worry. All right, man. So that was <laughs> that was our our podcast. Um, great first podcast. Super excited yes, still. Yes. Um, yes. You know, we talked about our sports, so let's come back to our beer. How mm-hmm. was your beer? Your pale? Uh, my pale ale was it was all right. It wasn't like my favorite. It's like light. It's crisp. It's good. This uh, two hearted ale though that I started drinking like halfway through this American IPA. Okay. This one's actually really fucking good. And where's Kinda that re- one out of? Uh, somewhere in Nevada. Okay, so it's uh, you know, close to you in Vegas there. I think it's from, I think they're from like Reno. Oh, no, it's from Comstock, Michigan. Oh, not even close, but hey. Yeah, not even close. But I, it's it's a great beer for coming out of Comstock, Michigan. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure they're very proud of that I don't know what else comes bird. out of Comstock, Michigan. I, I mean, nothing nothing <laughs> out of Comstock, Michigan is better than that beer. So, yeah, you know, it's let's definitely be real there. The, it might be the only thing out of Comstock, <laughs> Michigan. Damn straight. And it's... <laughs> A three out of five, but hey. <laughs> no, I'd give I'd give uh, the Big Dogs Brewing Company the Pale Ale. I would probably give it like a four, a three eight out of five. Okay. This uh, IPA, I'd, pr- I'd probably give it like a four one out of five. Okay. What about you? How, so how still your pretty beer? high. Ah, uh, you know, to be honest, I was not a big fan, and I'm a little disappointed for not bringing a good beer to our first podcast. Oh, um, so, as a as as a reminder, is that bought, bad luck? Uh, God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> so I I had the Santa Clara Valley Brewing Company, um, the the Fountain Alley Extra Pale Ale. Um, it it was, was it good. Too extra paley. Uh, it was really yeasty. Um, uh, yeah, it's it was an unfiltered pale ale. Um, so it it had those, <laughs> you know that that thickness to it. Um, it had the citra hops, which I'm a huge fan of, which gives it that kind of orangey taste to it. But it was just really bready. And for a 6.5%, I don't know how many I could actually drink because it just fills you up. Um, mm. For a pale, it, was, it, it wasn't special to me. Um, I'd give it, to be honest, I'd give it a 3 out of 5, which is, is pretty low for me. Um, you know, I'm... I'm really excited to bring you some, you know, fours and up next week because I really have to step it up after this this beer. 
Um, I guess the good thing about this show because we're we're trying beers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So yep. Oh yeah. Rest in peace. You're gonna get some shitty ones. You know, you're gonna get some not good ones. But you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to try them all out and you know give our opinions on it. Yeah, and and rest in peace, Santa Clara Valley Brewing Company. Um, You have some some great beers. beers. I I they're one of my favorites in San Jose. Um, but this one did not hit that mark. So unfortunately not my favorite so hey, even michael jordan had about games damn straight damn straight all right so thank you everybody for listening to taproom sports this was our first episode that we're putting out um and you know to be honest i i thought it was a great one so um y- you know uh, can't wait to to talk to you guys next week we're gonna have some new beers from vegas we're gonna have some new beers from the bay area and yeah, and unlike Michael life. Jordan, we don't ever miss. We don't ever have a bad game. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> so that was Jordan stacks on stacks on stack lats, and I am Big Ballin Ben Larson. That was our show. We'll see you next week. Yeah, subscribe, follow the podcast. We yeah. out. Out. Because the music, music, music was so much.